Hello, hello, and welcome once again to MedTech Africa, where we showcase health tech innovators from across this beautiful continent. As always, I'm your host, Sam Oti. Thank you for taking the time to join us on this episode. Today, we'll be speaking with the brilliant Olua Shoga Oni. I simply call him Shoga. He is CEO and co-founder of MDAS Global, a company based in Lagos, Nigeria that provides tech-enabled diagnostic centers that are designed to cater to the needs of underserved communities. Shoga is an engineer. He holds two master's degrees, one in computer science and the other in engineering, system design and management from MIT. So thank you once again for joining in and do enjoy the conversation. All right. So welcome to the show, Shoga. It's uh, really a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. And I've been really uh, been impressed by the story of, of your company, uh, MDAS, uh, which, uh, as we were just talking before we started recording, you said is uh, medical devices as a service. I think that's a clever play on the software as a service uh, acronym. So really keen to, to learn more about you and learn more about your organization. And, and it's really great to, to have you on board. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And thank you so much for having me today. Um, yeah, um, our name is a, obviously you got it right, you play on SaaS. Um, I, I come from a software engineering background. And that's at the beginning, it made sense for me to say, hey, let me do something that is medical devices as a service. Now that's MDAS. Um, the funny thing now is that as we um, continue on this hard journey, we are trending towards more like a medical doctor as a service model. So which is kind of interesting. Um, uh-huh. But and just to tell you a little bit about what we do at MDAS, um, at MDAS we build and operate tech-enabled diagnostic centers in clinically underserved communities across Nigeria and hopefully across Africa in the future. And um, we don't, we not only do tech-enabled diagnostic centers, we also right now pioneering virtual primary care services. Um, mm-hmm. So, so which is kind of like very, very interesting for us. And, and just to give your viewers a, some context, our diagnostic centers will provide ultrasound, x-ray, pathology services, and really serve as the diagnostic provider for many of the small and medium-sized clinics around the communities where we operate in. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But but let's not take it for granted that people understand the lingo, like tech-enabled diagnostics. So let me let me put you on the spot. Let's say I was, uh, I don't know, Alhaji Dangote, and we were in an elevator together. You know, the classic elevator pitch and i had no you know inkling about what tech enabled diagnostics meant or what it was all about what would be your elevator pitch to me so um actually our elevator elevator pitch is quite simple um we are providing healthcare for african next billion by building diagnostic facilities in clinically underserved communities um so it's quite simple um, we build the centers to provide services to um, diagnostic services such as X-ray ultrasound, ECG lab services to hundreds of small and medium-sized hospitals and clinics who don't have any of this equipment um, in their centers. Um, and um, right now we have seven locations and we're looking to scale to um, hundreds of locations in the coming years. So. 
Fantastic. Uh, let me be a bit cheeky. So you you mentioned you're you're building, you know, this this company for Africa's next billion. But what about yes. us who are part of the one billion? We are not part of this uh this pitch of yours, this plan. And I'm being cheeky, no. but <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so um so when we say next billion, we don't mean that hey, we don't provide care today. But what we mean by that is that we're actually really building the infrastructure today that will be able to serve Africans next billion. And uh-huh. that infrastructure um, would serve people today and in the future. And what, what is interesting, I think what, what we've been able to figure out at MDAS that makes us special is how do you build healthcare infrastructure at scale? That's a very difficult mm. question to answer, right? Um, yes. Because traditionally, that was in the wheelhouse of governments, of NGOs that are funded from the US or from Europe or whatnot. Um, but right now we're taking our destiny in our own hands and saying, you know what, if we really want healthcare to be broad-based across the continents, how do we as Africans build it? Um, and we know, um, unfortunately, in many African countries, the government is too poor to save the population. So it, it's on innovators like us to think through, like uh, if you were to build like this um, thousands of provide healthcare for Africa in the next billion, we definitely need the infrastructure to support it. How can we do that? Um, mm. and that's the question we, and we, we asked ourselves, and that's the question we're trying to solve right now at MDAS. Got that. I'll, I'll come back to you on the issue of African governments being too poor. <laughs> I think I beg to differ, but but let's hold that thought. Let's so, okay. so let's take back a bit, right? You had mentioned that you have an engineering background. So so how did you get into the medical tech space? So so tell us a bit about yourself. I, I always ask this to to all our, our our guests. Who is Sugar? Yeah, so um, I'm a happy, good lucky guy. I'm also like a systems engineer. Um, I, you know, grew up, I was born and raised in Nigeria, um, went, did my undergrad in Nigeria even, and went to the U.S. to study for my um, grad degree um, in software engineering and worked for a few years there. And at some point, I decided that, you know, I wanted to come back home and contribute to the development of my country. And so um, one of the ways I tried to do that was like, hey, what skill sets do I needs to develop to be relevant to the problems that we're trying to solve. And so mm-hmm. I started, I actually went back to school to do systems engineering at, at, at MIT. And I feel like that mm-hmm. really changed the way I taught about problem solving, about innovation, about entrepreneurship. And when I was there at MIT, um, we, I took a class where we, you actually challenged to build a, a solve a problem in this world that can affect a billion lives. And mm. that's where you see that bit of African next billion, because now at the beginning, wow. the challenge for us is build a, you know, solve a problem in this world right now that can affect a billion lives. You don't have to affect a billion lives from, from the get go, but you mm. must be able to scale to, you know, that whatever business you come up with, must be able to scale to affect a billion lives. Uh, and so I, I went back to the drawing board and taught a lot and I come from, family of medical doctors. Um, my dad mm. is a medical doctor. My brother is a medical doctor. My sister is a nurse. My other sister is a social worker. Like, you know, we all work, everybody in my family right now works in, in healthcare. 
And so that was yeah. close to home. So it was easy for me to pick a problem in the healthcare space. And at the beginning, when we started our journey, what we were trying to do is provide access to equipment um, for mm. doctors like my dad. Like my dad was literally my first customer, you know. Wow. Uh, and it was after doing that work then I realized that, you know, it's like an iceberg where you see the tip of the iceberg and you say, oh, this is just easy. You know, you can solve it. But once you start interacting with it, you see that the problem is a lot deeper. And mm. so we decided that instead of um, solving at the surface level, let's get to the root of the issue um, and build for it. And that's what we've done since we started. Okay, uh, uh, amazing stuff. So so let's let's clarify that a bit. Let's dig deep into that a bit. Um, on, on one hand, I sense, yes, you know, this is, you know, you're calling it tech-enabled diagnostics service, right? Um, but what I, I think the audience would like to hear in terms of uh, providing a bit more clarity is what what were the specific gaps? What were the specific needs that that MDAS are or were or are or is looking looking to 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 fill and to solve? Yeah. So um, most. Like diagnostics is the you know bedrock of modern medicine. You know, seventy um, percent of all diagn all doctors' um, office when you go to a doctor, seventy percent of the time you will require a diagnostic test being done. But what you see across Africa is that you know many of those times doctors don't have access to that diagnostics that they need to make clinical decisions. And historically, the way doctors solve um, that problem is just treating you to clinical signs, which obviously means that if the doctor's hunch is wrong, that means that you might not survive or you know mm. you, your outcomes are not great. So there was a need to um, actually broaden the access to diagnostics across the country. And what when you look at Nigeria, for example, because that's where we work right now, um, you will see that like you know in Lagos people have access to a lot of diagnostics. In Abuja, people have access to a lot of diagnostics. In Port Harcourt, mm. people have access to some of these things. But as you go like in the interior of the country, access to that just drops like drastically. Mm. So there was this there's this inequality of care, inequality of access, where at one point some parts of the country have really concentrated care, um, and some part of country, the country has literally nothing. Um, and so yes. that's why we're trying to solve. So when we started, we didn't just actually start in Lagos. We started in Ibadan. Then we went to mm. Larin. Then we went to Shobo before we came back to Lagos to do our first Lagos center. Um, so so how is that? How can you really build um, these locations in places where nobody wants to build in and can mm. make it profitable to, so that you can keep like scaling the business into more and more places? Um, so that's that's our own approach. No, that is very clear, and and I can relate to to that as someone who practiced, even albeit very uh, briefly, in in rural in rural Nigeria, uh, almost a decade ago, uh, no more than a decade, almost two decades ago, uh, and seeing that frustration, feeling that frustration yeah. of not having a- access to the basic diagnostics uh, because you're. Uh, and not even necessarily in the middle of nowhere. You're in a, a, a relatively big town with, with uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in the in the populations. You know, Nigeria is a large country, uh, yes, and yet absolutely. you have to rely you have to rely on on what's in your head. No, amazing stuff. But but let me ask then: What is your business model? 
so for our model is actually quite simple. We set up within six months, we break even on operations, and within three years, we can pay back the initial investment in that center. Um, so it's a really clear model. We've done that like four times now. And so we can see, okay, this is how to build that scale in Africa is that mm. we go to areas of high need. We know sometimes these people are not able to pay a lot, but we'll see mm. what they can pay and then work out the numbers from there. If the numbers work out, um, then sure, we will make that investment immediately. If it doesn't work out, then we'll pause till we'll figure out something else. So, and from our calculation, just in Nigeria alone, we have about 200 places where that model works out um, because wow. there's just a lot of need. And mm, so for mm. us, as the organization, we're trying to scale our capacity to set up more centers in different types mm. of places. And in our biggest bottleneck right now is actually staffing, you know, so medical staff, getting medical workers, um, mm. lab technicians, um, lab scientists, radiographers, um, medical doctors. That's like a big bottleneck for us right now. But mm. in terms of the need of, of what we need in Nigeria, um, I think that, you know, this is, it's a high need place. And, and I think that that's the same thing for Kenya. We've gotten a lot of requests from Kenya, the mm. same thing in Ivory Coast and Ghana. You know, these places need, they say, need to revamp that healthcare infrastructure, particularly outside the big cities. So, so it's very interesting. It's an interesting um, market for us. No, absolutely. And I mean, again, going back to my background uh, in, in, clinic, in clinical medicine, nobody wants to practice in the hard to reach areas, right? This is uh, in Kenya, for example, uh, we ha had to hire doctors all the way from Cuba um, wow. to, to, to fill that gap that particular gap of, of having doctors um, in, in some of the more, you know, far-flung areas, right? So, so this, this is a very big deed, as, as you've pointed out. So I think that's a, a great segue to, to my next question about what are your key products or services? And I see on your website you have uh, a number of flagship initiatives like this Beacon Health Diagnostics and Sentinel X. Could you tell us a, a little bit uh, more about those? Yeah, so so Beacon Health Diagnostics is a diagnostic chain. That's the network of diagnostic centers we're building, and and so that's like you know where we started from, and uh, you know that's it's growing. But we also saw a need for a different type of care, and that's why we created um, Sentinel X. Um, and our goal initially was that, you know, once we build this healthcare infrastructure um, across the country and across the continent, then it's easier to kind of like design this like um, virtual care services, digital health services that, you know, mm. that is deployed on the back of that physical infrastructure. So I Sentinel see. X is the first um, digital um, health services we are deploying um, on the back of our um, Beacon Health Diagnostic Business. And what Sentinel X is, yes, what Sentinel X is is actually um, it's a digital health um, digital health program that is designed to help people take control of their healthcare. We provide uh, it's pretty much like preventive care service um, where we when you sign up for Sentinel X, for example, you um, we do a full screening, annual screening, your full annual screening. And when uh -huh. you know, we get all of that information to you and create a care plan for you that is specific to you. So it's just personalized care. Um, I see. And then 
um, based off of your, you know, your result and your care plan, we also touch base with you every month. Um, so you get this annual screening, and then you also get like this uh, personalized primary care service throughout the year. Um, so this is, I think the goal, what we're trying to achieve with SentinelX and what, what we're trying to solve for is that we are trying to democratize access to an annual screening. We saw mm. from our numbers that a lot of people don't go to the hospital. Um, they don't do any etiquette. They just wait till they get sick to get to, before they, they get sick. They yeah, to, to, yeah. They wait till they get sick to go to an hospital um, or to get checked. And so that means that some of the silent issues like hypertension, diabetes, they just miss out on it until it becomes very acute, right? And so yes. we want to be able to catch all of these things early so that people can take control of their life and their lifestyle before things get really dicey with them. And then that means it's expensive to cure these issues. It's expensive for them to do go do surgeries and do cancer therapy or whatever, you know, that this is something, these are all some things that we can catch really, really early on. And so we really Absolutely. want to democratize access to an annual screening. And that's, that's what we're doing with Sentinel-X. Uh, amazing stuff. Uh, I've done a lot of research, uh, population level and community-based research on on uh, chronic conditions like hypertension and diabetes among the poorest of the poor on this continent. And absolutely, you're spot on that there's a big, big barrier in terms of awareness, uh, in terms of access to screening, routine screening, and, and even access to primary care. So I think uh, that Sentinel-X is onto something major. So how how... How much does it cost, if I may ask? And how do how does the average person get access to Sentinel X? Is it through a mobile phone? Is it uh, online? How how does it work in that sense? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so um, it's actually quite affordable. In Nigerian money, it's thirty five thousand naira, which is about six dollars a month, um, for, um, for a year. So it's really really affordable for most wow. people. Um, mm. And we 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 at MDES because our mandate is Africans next billion, so we've always designed ourselves a mass market. Um, so this when we we're testing Sentinel actually um, last year, people were paying up to hundred k for it. But once we realized that if we make it hundred k naira, that's hundred k naira. Yeah, only mm. a few people can afford that. So yes. we decided to like you know customize it for. Um, the masses, which is that why we ended up at thirty five thousand naira um, a year for for the program, mm. and so and people can access it via their phones. There's an app you can access it telephonically where you call and we can mm. you know walk you through the process. You can access any of your data through um, through that process, or you can just walk into our center um, and also just have it. So this is not just for people online alone. This is also yes. for for people who are you know who, who don't have you know smartphones who just want mm. to get an, the annual screening done, and this program also is proactive on our part. So even if mm. you don't call us, we'll call you every month to make sure you're doing okay to see what you, you know how you're doing, and you know so it's pretty much we become your healthcare managers in a way. It's this is like concierge care for the masses. Mm. 
uh, amazing stuff, amazing stuff. I think we don't invest sufficiently on this continent on prevention, on preventive health care. Uh, a lot of the uh, investment goes to goes to cur- curative care and, and treatment. Yes. So it's really good to see some uh, innovation that is forward looking. Uh, if we look at a country like Cuba and and they have you know life expectancy rates that are on par with developed uh, countries, countries, it's primarily due to to this um, you know uh, emphasis on 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 the preventive side of things. So so kudos to to you and to your company for really being at the vanguard of of of, of this kind of thinking. Um, and that's that's uh, a, another great segue into my next question in terms of. What kind of traction, right? What numbers are we looking at? What kind of traction has your company achieved? Um, and and what have been some of your most uh, proudest uh, achievements so far? Now, um, every single month, we see over 3,400 um, 3, patients come through our wow. facilities every single month. And, wow. you know, sometimes, you know, you know, this entrepreneurship journey is hard, you know, so sometimes I yes. feel like, I feel overwhelmed and what usually helps me is I go to one of my centers and just sit down there and watch people come in and out to receive quality care and with smiles mm. on their faces, just grateful that there's these people here, you know, and that really cures me out of mind. Says, yeah, this, I always feel mm. like energized from that, that like, Hey, yeah. there's work to do. So yes. Um, so right now, so far, so good. I think, um, we right now we're closing in on uh, fifty thousand, almost fifty thousand patients served since we started. Um, mm. We are um, we work with right now roughly, um, I think five hundred facilities across the country in seven uh, in five different states, which is amazing. Um, and we work with um, like over three fifty hospitals, you know, so. So it's like we're building this network of facilities that are connected to our ecosystem that trust us to provide care for them. And our goal, uh, same organizations, is to keep expanding our network. So uh, right now I'm talking about, we see about you know 3,500 3, patients a month. Um, mm. by, um, by this time next year, I want to be doing 10,000 patients a month, you know? Yes. Uh, so, so I think and that gets us closer to our goal of, you know, been able to impact a billion lives um, and so so yeah it's exciting for us Fant- fantastic stuff and I, I, I something caught my ear you talked about having uh partnerships with 350 hospitals uh so let me ask how are the hospitals and clinics what what has been their um reaction been so far so for for with other hospitals the reception has been overwhelmingly positive because we're providing them something they don't have and something that it doesn't make sense to invest in. So for example, if you're a hospital that only sees about two x-ray patients a day, um, it doesn't make sense for you to um, invest $10,000 or um, I say 10,000, almost $40,000 in an x-ray room. You know, if you see two x-rays on the average a day and you, they, you charge them like maybe $20 for each x-ray, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any business sense for you to go set up a room that will cost you between thirty to forty thousand dollars, and so because we're there, they can still get access to that high quality digital X-ray that would help them make better decisions without having to put that money into um, the equipment themselves. So the the um, 
the reception from hospitals have been most very very positive. I'm so inspired. I almost feel like dusting off my stethoscope and <laughs> yeah, well, returning it's... back to returning back to clinical <laughs> practice. But <laughs> but that's amazing, well, amazing. Yeah, I can I can literally feel the burden lifting off the shoulders of of a lot of clinical pra- practitioners in 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 those underserved areas. So. Great stuff, great work that that you guys are doing. Um, but I'm sure it's not all been, you know, uh, roses and rainbows, so to say. What have Absolutely. been some of the main challenges that that you have faced in in trying to innovate in this uh, health tech diagnostic space? More lately, is the I'm sure you've heard about it. The exodus of Nigerian doctors and other yes. places, not just doctors. I am one of them, unfortunately. Yes, yes, you're one of them. Yeah, but actually. Right now, it's actually accelerated, right? And yes, right I've now, heard. Before, you tend to see a lot of the, um, a lot of the mid-level doctors and the junior doctors who stay to practice in Nigeria for like at least five to seven years before they mm. start thinking about living. Now, everybody's like looking to move right out of school. So the middle layer is getting hollowed out. The pipeline to feed into that layer is getting hollowed out. And the mm. actually the specialist caliber, um, it's also getting. They're also leaving. Out. Yeah, sad, sad, sad state of, of of affairs there. And you know, I don't even I don't want to talk because <laughs> I, I might put my foot in my mouth about that. I practiced, <laughs> so I I know yeah. I had lost patients that could have lived. Uh, I remember this one story I tell people, and they get shocked. Where we were taking a delivery. And um, the electricity went out and we needed to operate this lady. But the the generator for the teaching hospital, and this was a teaching hospital, by the way, didn't have diesel. Now, coincidentally, the power supply company, the the public power supply company, the office was literally, NEPA at the time, was literally walking distance from the teaching hospital. So I was sent, I was a house house intern, a houseman then walk over there and ask them to switch on to, to, to help us that we need to operate. I, I, we went there and literally the guy there said, Oh, oops, I forgot. Wow. <laughs> and he went and switched it on. So they were doing load shedding fine, but he literally forgot to switch it back on after the period of load shed- shedding uh, was, was wow. that lady. She, I, I think it was a miracle that she survived because she lot, lost a lot of blood. Ugh, man. Anyway, Thank you so much, Sugar. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm conscious of 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 time, so so as as we close, right? What next for MDAS, right? Uh, how, what are your plans for reaching those next one billion people? Immediate, long term plans, uh, and how can our listeners learn more about your your company? Yes, thank you so much for that. Um, this has been a great conversation. Um, so f- for us. You know, it's always day one. So we are looking to expand rapidly in Nigeria. Um, for next year, we're looking to do at least 10 to 12 more centers across the country. Um, so that, that that's really exciting for us. We're also looking to um, go to um, other African countries. Kenya is particularly interesting to us. And so we're already doing some research in Kenya. We have friends who are doing work in that space and we, that we are learning from. We're also looking at Ivory Coast, Ghana, Liberia. Anywhere where there's a need, mm. feel we always willing to come there and fill in that space, um, because we think that it's time that we have 
property infrastructure across the country, uh, across the continent, you know. And if people want to learn more about our work, you can go to our website, www.mdas.io. And for people interested in, if you live in, in Nigeria and you're interested in some of the best healthcare you can get in your life, preventive healthcare particularly, you should definitely check out Sentinel X. It's um, sentinelx.io. And um, reach out to us there, join the wait list, and we will reach out to you. Um, so, so yeah, uh, it's exciting. It's always day one at Team MDAS. Fantastic stuff. It's, it's really been great chatting with you, Sugar. And I sincerely wish your company all the best. I'm a firm believer that democratizing diagnostics, whether it's through technology, artificial intelligence, uh, I think that is that is the future. That is the only way I believe that we can democratize uh, access to healthcare. There'll never be enough doctors in our context, at least I don't think in our lifetime, yes, there'll never be absolutely. enough specialists. So we need to use technology uh, to to reach as many people as, as we can. So I'm really, really rooting for your success. Uh, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. And if you ever happen to come to Kenya, if, if, the, if your research shows that there's promise here, please, please look me up. Definitely, I will reach out to you. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's episode enjoyable and insightful. If you have any thoughts on this episode or recommendations of African health tech innovators that you'd like me to host on the show, please reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or email by the links in this episode's show notes. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to MedTech Africa on your preferred podcast app. And if you have a moment, please leave us a great review because it really helps other people to find the show. Thanks again. I'm your host, Sam Oti, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.